sports stadiums and large public venues come in all shapes and sizes. Some have domes, some have natural grass fields, some have banked concrete ovals where cars drive fast. While no two stadiums may be perfectly alike, there's one thing that all stadiums today have in common, a reliance on technology. This is the Stadium Tech Report podcast, where we talk to people on both ends of the stadium technology equation, including the stadium technology teams who deploy it and use it, and the vendors and service providers who supply it. I'm Paul Kapuska, editor of the Stadium Tech Report and your host on the Stadium Tech Report podcast. JMA is a leading provider of distributed antenna systems in hundreds of stadiums worldwide, delivering the best performance, highest reliability, and lowest total cost of ownership. Our platform ensures that you're 5G ready when it comes time to add a private wireless 5G network to your existing venue infrastructure without a rip and replace, providing a foundation of wireless connectivity to improve the fan experience while reducing operating costs for stadium owners and broadcasters. Visit jmawireless.com app to explore more. Does your venue need a high-capacity, reliable network to provide a better fan experience? Did you know that Matsing's innovative lens antennas provide the highest capacity connectivity in stadiums and arenas globally, with only a few antennas needed to cover entire venues? Contact Matsing at matsing.com to discuss your venue's advanced connectivity needs. While I always enjoy telling specific stories about a successful venue technology deployment, one of the more interesting things we do here every year at Stadium Tech Report is our annual Stadium Connectivity Outlook Survey. That's where we ask our community of stadium technology professionals to tell us what's going on at their venues, what their objectives and concerns are, and what's on their new technology radar. Joining us once again to discuss the results of the survey is Kevin Akers from Verizon, who will help me break down some of the surprises and maybe not so surprising answers from the survey. And before I begin, I will remind you listeners that all our survey results and our accompanying white paper analysis are available for free download from our site at stadiumtechreport.com. Without further ado, Kevin, thanks for joining us today. Uh, For those who don't know you, uh, can you tell the audience Uh, your title and responsibilities at uh, Verizon and maybe a little bit of a deeper hands-on background for what you've done because I know you've been on the inside of a head end and a knock because I've seen you there. (laughs) You have. Yeah. Thanks for having me back, Paul. It's always a a good discussion. Um, Yeah. So I'm Kevin Akers with the Verizon Business Business Consulting Services Group. Been here for since December of 2019. So I I work with um, uh, most of our venue, venue and sports entertainment deals from kind of pre-sales and ideation all the way through delivery and everything in between. So um, I get a good, get to touch a lot of different technologies, talk to a lot of people and understand kind of pain points and, and where people are going and what they're experiencing. And then my history um, prior to joining Verizon, um, I was with the Golden State Warriors for 18 years. I led their IT organization, both the the arena practice facility and a, and a G League arena in uh, Santa Cruz. And then after uh, the experience with the Warriors, I went on for about five years with a, a small integrator um, deploying both high-density Wi-Fi converged networks at both uh, permanent venues and uh, events, you know, multi-stage concerts for high-density Wi-Fi around the country prior to joining Verizon. Great. So skin in the game. Well, it's, it's always great to have you here, Kevin, and get your insights on these results. 
Uh, we're now in our third year of our uh, co-producing sponsorship with Verizon on the survey. And, and what's really neat, um, what we've been able to do over the past few years is not change some of the questions. And then you, you're able to see the results change from year to year. And this year, you know, having done that, something new popped up. Maybe it was predictable, uh, but having results from the past years and being able to look at the Delta really makes the results that much more powerful. And um, so one of the top questions we ask every year is what initiatives are on venues roadmaps for the coming 12 months. And the clear winner this year was cashierless concessions. 65% of respondents had that among their answers. Kevin, even if you saw this coming, is the amount of interest a surprise to you? Can you give us your view on, on why you think this technology is just booming in the stadium market? Uh, it isn't a surprise. I, we've just seen a lot of success with it. Um, I think venue operators tend to be a bit of a copycat, but you know they like to hear what other people are doing. A small percentage are actually early innovators um, due to the nature of what we do, the amount of people we're trying to move in and out of spaces and serve. Um, it kind of dictate, dictates us to try and try new things and maybe push the edge of technology more than maybe other industries. So it's, it's kind of a fun space to be in. But some sit back and want to see it work before they they invest in it. So uh, there was a bit of a wave of the technology, you know, the technology being deployed over the past year or so, and it, it's just proven now. I mean, they're, they're seeing ROI, they're seeing staffing advantages, transaction counts are going up, basket sizes are going up. So um, there, you know, there's definitely been a push. They've seen it work, and now I think everybody's acting on it. Um, you know, they, they saw the proof is in the pudding, so that they've seen the they've seen the solution work, and that they're putting it out there. Digging down a little deeper, there was a related question that said 66% of respondents said they already had some form of cashierless concessions in place with another 18% already evaluating the technology. Now, those are pretty big bumps for a market that traditionally, in my view, has been fairly conservative when it comes to deploying new technology. So to your point, um, something very noticeable must be working. Are there any deployments that you're specifically involved in that you can talk about uh, maybe just just a quick drive down, say, you know, we saw this or you know, the venue saw this and, and wanted this. There's something specific about this technology that produces the better results, isn't there? Absolutely. As I touched on it before, but I mean, it really supercharges your revenue generation um, for concessions. It just makes it easier for the, the guests. Again, it increases basket sizes, the transaction time, moves them in and out, reduces staffing, allows expanded hours of operation in the space because you don't need as many people. Just some of the solutions in my backyard, the Florida Panthers, it's been very successful for them. Um, they're at Amaret Bank Stadium. The Miami Dolphins are one of their, our very first deployments, which, we, you know, not only Dolphins games, it's the Miami F1 race and um, it, it, tons of traction there. Um, I've been to the, the Golden State Warriors have deployed it successfully on their on their concourse there. So, yeah, it's just it's just shown a lot of uh, a lot of benefits to the organizations that, that deploy it. Yeah, it's interesting, too, that you brought up um, the Panthers and the Dolphins, because in those deployments, the Dolphins, I think, was one of the first iterations that I've seen of sort of like what I call almost a pop-up store. But it's more than that, right? It's a self-contained unit that was just installed somewhere in previously you know, unused space outside the venue. And then with you know the ability to have the 5G connectivity attached to it, it's almost like you know, you can pop and put these things in anywhere because you're seeing them turn up. I think the Panthers one was was sort of like that too. The first deployment, right? It was it was for the if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but for the All Star game, you know, they were just able to 
um, you know, take some unused space and all of a sudden you've got a story that's producing, you know, thousands in revenue. Yeah, that's correct. It's kind of two methods. You can basically take a, a, a space that you have, you even kind of a random corner of your concourse and transform this into this cash flow store. Or you could go with the pod method where something can be built out. Um, the Dolphin's solution is almost like a, a container type little building that um, it's a sizable unit. It's air conditioned, which is very important in South Florida, which I think also drives the business. <laughs> But uh, they're able to move, move. I've seen it, I think, in two or three different locations, you know, from Dolphins games to F1 races. They're able to move it around of the forklift to kind of an optimal location, either how the, the traffic's slowing with, with guests moving around the, the venue or, you know, however they're changing the facility there. So it's uh, really adaptable to however you, you want to deploy it. That's great. I think the Philadelphia Eagles just deployed one of those as well. That'll be open for their uh, game on Christmas Day. There were some other new technology trends that, you know, the survey said venue professionals are definitely increasing their interest in. And among those are walkthrough security scanning and facial authentication systems, which are being used now for ticketing. They're also being used for concessions. They're being used for things like staff security. Instead of using a badge, you just use their face. I know Verizon is involved on several different levels of operations technology deployments with multiple venues. So I'm guessing you've had these talks or seen these things deployed. Maybe we could just start out with sort of an overview question. How does all of this fit together from a fan's point of view? I mean, are these things really necessary? Is it technology for technology's sake? Or are we really getting a, a huge lift in performance? I think there's, I mean, there's always going to be a push for any technology that speeds up whatever the guests may be doing. Uh, whether it's parking, you know, entering a venue or a club space or a VIP area or buying food. So it goes back to cashierless payment. And then I think accelerate access, facial recognition, biometric entry is just a part of that. So, you know, for instance, your, your ticketing experience when you're walking up to the gate, little less touch points, you have, you know, you might have like the more advanced weapon detection systems. So you're not emptying your pockets and, and going through that process. There's less touch points there. And now you don't even have to pull your phone out and scan your mobile ticket. You're able to just kind of look at them. They know it's you when you walk by. So it really gives you that elevated level of experience as you're walking into a building. And then you could take that to say, the other areas of a building, whether it's entering clubs or moving around or employee access to certain areas um, to, you know, restricted spaces. So I, I think it's, really at the very beginning of how we actually use this. I'm really excited to see how kind of venues and, and, and teams get creative with um, what they do with it. But I think there's a lot of possibility, not not just for access or, you know, your ticket or your credential, but maybe um, recognition to provide experiences and other things like that. So it's uh, I think we're just on the cusp of it um, on what it could do. Well, it was interesting also to see other results in the survey mention that the biggest challenges facing venues are lowering operating costs while also increasing revenues. And it seems like some of the things we've talked about here are already starting to do this um, in terms of, you know, as you said, lowering staffing and creating rev new revenue opportunities. Is this sort of like a hand in glove thing, like the technology is allowing you to both save money and increase revenues? It is. And, I, and plus, uh, I think experience satisfaction. So, you know, the, the cashierless solution, you're freeing up cashiers, you're with accelerated access, you're freeing up security and ticket takers, and um, you're maybe allowing them to be repurposed as customer satisfaction tasks. You know, for uh, greeting customers, uh, you might know their name because you know their face. You know, and, and just kind of giving an elevated level of experience. But it, it absolutely frees up staff again, expediting everything the guest does too. So it uh, helps you know with revenue overall and experience. That's great. In our survey, we also asked some pretty specific questions 
about private 5G networks. And perhaps the most interesting part of the replies there, comparing it year to year, was that interest was up across the board for all the applications a venue might use private networking for. And I, I think without a doubt, over the last year, one of the most highly visible deployments of private networking in the stadium space is Verizon's partnership with the NFL to provide the coach-to-coach sideline communications that are you know, fast, robust, and secure. Can you talk a little bit about that program and maybe how it highlights how adding capacity for a specific location and purpose really moves the needle um, you know, when it comes to thinking about how you're going to deploy um, you know, new technologies moving forward? Yeah, I mean, this is something we've talked about. On This is our third one. It's, it's come up every time. It's been a lot of discussion, but no action. We have, haven't had a lot of deployments yet. So it's exciting to see it out in the wild now. Um, you know, we saw a few buildings do some things with it. And now, now with the NFL deal of us deploying at every, you know, every single venue plus the international games. And we're, you know, we're live running a very important part of the operation there with the coaches comms on the sideline. Um, and, you know, for people to see it work so effectively and without any, you know, interference and it's just works so well that um, I, I think it's, it's opening up again, you know, every, the venues are copycats. They want to see it work before they execute. And now we're starting to see a lot more traction, a lot more interest and in people, you know, not, not just talking about it, but acting on it. For instance, the, the Miami F1 race, we had a we had a deployment there with CBRS. So we were running ticketing, POS, security cameras, staff communications, provides a ton of flexibility in your space. You don't have some of the limitations of Wi-Fi as far as coverage. So now you're 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 not just thinking about kind of the four walls of the building. You're able to really kind of expand your footprint outside, right? Either the parking lot or the district you're operating in and and expand where you're t- taking tickets, give you more flexibility on where you're taking tickets, and then concessions, whether it's food or merchandise, on where you could go with handheld POS and, and different things and um, successfully monetize the footprint of your venue outside of the four walls. So, I, I mean, I think it's getting a ton of traction. Um, people are seeing it in action now. There's also a, a infrastructure savings, you know, when you're looking at like I talked about security cameras, so, you know, typically you're still going to, you're still going to run that cable to that camera, but it gives you a lot of flexibility on being able to run a, a wireless camera in a difficult location, saving you on uh, infrastructure. I've seen situations for like IPTV where they wanted signage out in a parking lot and you were able to, to not have to dig up part of the parking lot and trench and, and, and get that out there. And uh, I've seen millions of dollars of savings um, in infrastructure just to get a handful of displays out there just by using those like a CBRS or private 5G as backhaul. So there's, there's just so much potential for where that goes. And it's, again, it's just a part of the whole connectivity solution that, you know, you see, we just, there's so many more solutions coming out that require RF um, from the guests with, you know, now they have their watch, their phone, the tablet, laptops because of media and staff. So you want the Wi-Fi, you know, and six, 6E and the six gigahertz spectrum addition is, is huge, right? So we have way more channels to work with. Um, that's that's just starting to kind of come out in the wild right now. It's pretty exciting. And then um, people are then moving their backup house operations like we talked about to the private 5G. And then again, you know, the, the robust DAS system to handle the cell phones in the building. And they all they all work together to provide the, the unified experience and platform to help you innovate further. I mean, there's constantly going to be innovation in this space and more solutions coming out. And you have to have that sound infrastructure to be able to handle it and uh, innovate and move forward with the technology. Yeah, that's that's great. Those are all great points because I, I agree with you. It is a copycat or sort of a follow me type of industry, and, and especially when you see some high profile examples like this, 
it, it opens up the minds and opens up the thinkings. And there's so many venues now who are looking to expand their footprint out beyond the stadium walls that they hadn't thought about before. Right. But then, you know, how do you trench a whole uh, parking lot? That may not be your parking lot, maybe the city's parking lot, maybe right. uh, local businesses. But if you can do that in a fast, secure way without having to you know, dig, which the CBRS allows you to, that's really neat. Because there are a few more topics I want to uh, discuss here. And one is security. Uh, and while the questions didn't reveal any big shifts in thinking, uh, there was still very obvious concern about network security and cybercrime. And, and one sort of telling question that we've been asking every year is we ask respondents what their security stance was. And this year, the number of respondents who said they didn't know what their security stance was went up from, I think, 7% to 10%. Maybe if you can, can you just talk a little bit about why having a, an ever-evolving detection and response strategy is more important than ever as you keep adding these new technologies and new applications? Yeah, I mean, well, well, not necessarily as exciting as the other things we're talking about, but it's, you know, this is just a core IT requirement of any business. Um, but I think it's even more important in the sports entertainment industry because of the visibility we get. I mean, it's just, it's a PR nightmare if, you know, that NBA team or NFL team is breached, it actually gets the media versus maybe a small company. It doesn't, it's not as important. But uh, yeah, just maintaining that security posture, it's, it's just a constant battle. You always need to stay on top of it. The landscape's always evolving and what the threats are. So you you got to constantly keep up penetration testing. And I think it's really important to have a really skilled team of security professionals to back you up. I mean, you can't necessarily rely on your your staff in your venue or your, your practice facility to keep up on all of these technologies. And I know their day-to-day is everything else, right? Desktop support, yeah. phones, the, the constant grind of just a basic IT department. So having professionals outside of your you know, your organization to, to stand by and being able, uh, able to jump in disaster occurs to, to fix it is, is a huge importance. Yeah. One of the other things that, that surfaced alongside security was as just sort of a general, um, you know, concern about uh, venues saying they needed to add, continue to add more wireless capacity, both for fan facing networks, as well as for um, back of house uses. Can you talk a little bit about where, you know, I'm guessing Verizon sees a lot of this because in many times Verizon is providing that, that bandwidth uh, to venues and, and to customers. But can you talk a little about where Verizon sees bandwidth needs going in the near future? What do venues need to plan for, even if they're not hosting a Taylor Swift concert? Yeah, Taylor Swift definitely uh, <laughs> um, pushed the envelope on some of what we might see. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think... I know all the NFL venues are looking, you know, they kind of traditionally had the dual 10 gig circuits, but they're actually looking to up that now. I think they're going more of a 40 gig bandwidth to be able to accommodate this in future proof. But again, as much as it is about the back end bandwidth, it's about the spectrum in the building um, and building that sound infrastructure internal because so many more things are going wireless and you have to be able to accommodate the capacity that's going to happen there. So people are, you know, leaving the Wi-Fi to the fans and six gigahertz is really going to help add to that spectrum to handle more density there to offload them from the DAS and the macro cell network. So we have the Wi-Fi, the the private 5G is going to be huge help as we move a lot of those business systems, the back of house systems, staff comms, POS, ticketing off of 
the Wi-Fi and over there. Um, again, talked about gives you more flexibility on where you deploy technologies and how you use it and frees up that spectrum. And then plus, all of course, also tied into the, the macro cell network, right? So the, the Verizon, the T-Mobile, the AT&T, DAS, and, and macro network around the facility. So they all they all work together. It's an ecosystem. And you really have to push and pay attention to all of these, you know, again, just to, to innovate and, and make sure everything works day to day. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, from time to time, I'll, I'll get questions from people who are not, so say, entrenched in the industry, and they're saying, "Well, why do I need Wi-Fi if my cell phone service works?" And or why do I need cell phone? The Wi-Fi is great, but traditionally, the only answer that really makes sense is like, you know, which one do you need? And the answer is all of them, because yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's just it's amazing, right? Ten, twelve years into this, you know, the demand just does not ever go down. Yeah, especially some of the, the the venues where you have a lot of international guests, like you know, like you know, say good point. Or did some work with Detroit Red Wings a while back. There's a lot of Canadians come over. It's just right across the bridge. Another use case that uh, you know, the DAS isn't necessarily going to solve. So there's definitely applications there also. Yeah, and, and with F1 getting more popular and more F1 races, oh, uh, you know, yeah, it's just going to be interesting to watch. Well, speaking of crystal balls, I'd like to give you a few minutes, maybe just to talk about some things maybe that we haven't asked in the survey yet. Things are a little bit out there. You know, AI is definitely a hot topic all around anywhere. And certainly sports and stadium environment is not going to be immune from that. As a matter of fact, you know, some of these things we've been talking about, the cashierless concessions are already, you know, heavily using AI and machine learning to you know, improve their speeds. But what what are some of the things that you, you're seeing out there on the little, maybe on the little far out, farther out radar? What's what are some of the cool new things you've heard about? What should venues be thinking about or or maybe looking out for, you know, looking with a little bit longer lens? Yeah, I mean, I think AI definitely is going to come into play. It's it's a matter of, um, again, companies and people innovating. And how do you tie all the data from all these disparate systems to further expedite people's movement through spaces um, or provide them elevated experiences or, uh, you know, speeding up transactions? Um, so that'll be kind of exciting tech to look towards sustainability solutions, I think will also come to play. I think we're seeing a lot of interest in the um, EMEA Europe and international on this. So, you know, building the efficiencies, building the green building and, and how can tech help that? A lot of IoT type solutions. And then from kind of going back to the network, which is, you know, the core to all of these things is I think 5G slicing is going to be the next cool evolution that we're, we're going to be able to see. So we'll be able to take that macro 5G network and cut off a slice. You know, you could, you know, from, from a networking guy, you can call it almost like a VLAN dedicated to the service. So now you're looking at having this super low latency, dedicated bandwidth, even in a, you know, a, a hyper populated space. Like, you know, so we just did this at the, um, the Vegas F1 race where we were able to have um, F1 drivers give tours of their garages and, and have people around the track deliver high definition video with altered latency in real time. You know, you start thinking about now, what does that mean for your venue? You start talking about gaming, betting, you know, live betting in your, in your venue and you have that 5G slice delivering these services. So broadcast elements, right? So you're, you're going completely wireless on, on the, the private 5G with broadcast. So there's a lot of uh, exciting things that will happen happen there coming up that we'll start hearing about soon. Oh, that's cool. Well, I can't wait for next year's survey. Maybe we'll have some of those as topics uh, questions and see how people respond. But once again, Kevin, thanks for joining us. I uh, love having your insights on this. And to all the listeners, you can look at all the results yourself in all their full glory. Just go to stadiumtechreport.com. You can look under report downloads. We have not just the raw numbers, the results, but we also have a 
white paper analysis that you can dig through, and as well as a few stories on there as well, just talking about some specific points. Again, Kevin, thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate having you on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Paul. Always a great time. We'd like to take a quick moment to thank the sponsors of Stadium Tech Report, whose support enables us to continue our efforts to bring our objective, unbiased, and unpaid-for content to the Stadium technology marketplace. Our supporters include our co-producing sponsor, AmpThink, our survey sponsor, Verizon, our podcast title sponsors, Matsing and JMA, and our publication sponsors, which include Boingo, Mobility, Comscope, and American Tower. The Stadium Tech Report podcast is brought to you by Stadium Tech Report, the go-to publication for stadium technology news, analysis, and commentary. Technical production for the Stadium Tech Report podcast is led by creative director Dan Grimsley and digital designer Jackie Wen. Web and design work is by David Farris and John David. All contents of the Stadium Tech Report podcast are copyright Stadium Tech Report. Audio, video, and print content may not be reused without the express written consent of Stadium Tech Report.